Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to yet another episode of TV7 Editor's Note. I'm Jonathan Hassan, and joining me for today's program, as usual, my dear brother in Christ and colleague, Yair Pinto. Yair, how are you today? Well, I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Last week we had a bit of a winter storm going across uh, across Israel, and it's great to be able to, you know, to come to the studio and record. And uh, we know that God is also controlling the weather and is controlling the huge stuff that goes on in the world. And it gives me personal encouragement that he's in control of my, you know, tiny life Indeed. in all of these With that being big said, events. proportions, <laughs> an Israeli storm is nothing like the storms in Europe, America, That's or correct. elsewhere in the northern countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but saying that, it is making the headlines here in Israel because we're not used to these Extraordinary. things, Absolutely. you know. Go ahead. So, okay. So I would like to start with prayer and then we'll go into talking about maps, what we did last program and understanding through the maps, the effects of one event in a country, on Israel, on other places around the world, that everything is connected. But with having this zoom out perspective, we can really, you know, grasp the the reality and you will help us understand that. We will try. (laughs) Okay. Please join me back at home in prayer. אבינו שבשמיים, תודה לך, תודה לך על המזג האוויר, תודה לך שאתה שולט על הכל. Our Father in heaven, thank you, thank you for being in control of the weather. Thank you for planning all, all these huge things for us and for this world. We know that you are in control of big stuff and you are in control of our lives. Please, God, help us seek your will in everything that we do, in every small step that we take in our lives. And we know that your will is the best thing for us, and it will give us comfort and will take us to the direction that you want us to go. So please help us also receive your word from this program today. I would like to ask for health and blessing for our team here in Jerusalem, for Jonathan, for uh, our control room team, and everybody else, the editors. Please bless our viewers back at home. B'Shem Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. 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 So uh, we prepared a little bit of a Bible verse that goes with uh, the weather in Israel. So I will start, uh, maybe you will start by reading in Hebrew, and I will start uh, followed by with English. Very good. All right, so Yishayahu Nun Vav, or Nun He actually, Mm -hmm. uh, verses 10, Yud Ve'yud Aleph, 10 and 11. Ki ka'asher yarad ha'geshem ha'shelag min ha'shamayim, v'shama lo yashuv, כי אם הרבה את הארץ, והולידה, והצמיחה, ונתן זרע לזרע, ולחם לאוכל, כן יהיה דברי, אשר יצא מפי, לא ישוב אליי ריקם, כי אם עשה את אשר חפצי, חפצתי, והצליח אשר שלחתיו. Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, 
and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bear and sprout and furnishing seed to the shower and bread to the eater. So will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Amen. Amen. We had a, lots of stuff happening in the news today. And the first thing I would like personal, personally to understand, and I know that the viewers back at home want to, you know, dig deeper into this issue, is what happened in Yemen. Mm. So maybe you can, you know, give us an explanation with the map about the situation in Yemen. So before that, obviously, um, we need to uh, also keep note TV7 Editor's Note will start broadcast once a week. Mm -hmm. uh, it was planned already to start uh, since the beginning of the year. Unfortunately, uh, I've been a little sick. I'm still under the weather. Uh, nonetheless, uh, we cannot uh, stop the news, so daily I continue to um, gather the information and edit the, the daily broadcast. Uh, but God is good. Uh, I've been going through some medical tests uh, and uh, I know many of our viewers have been praying for me, mm -hmm. so I appreciate that very much. Um, all the tests have come back positive thus far, so uh, thank God for that. But we continue to make our uh, thorough checkups just to make sure that everything is fine and we'll be able to continue further uh, with the workload that we have on our uh, mm -hmm. desks. With regard to your question, uh, indeed, uh, I would like to actually touch base on, on the Word of God and, and to, to focus on the fact, first of all, about the verse that you read. It's, it's encouraging to see that God always, the Word of God returns and is fruitful also for our souls, for our spirits, for our uh, capacity to withstand mm -hmm. uh, the commandos and in, in the Dutch commandos, the Green Berets. Uh, there is a saying, uh, uh, which means uh, cold is an emotion and you need to learn to manipulate it or to handle it. And how did you learn that when you were in the academy? Uh, I've, I've learned multiple things from different places and we'll keep it at that. <laughs> uh, but God is good. Uh, and uh, we know that even if we, we deal with certain challenges, we deal with certain uh, perspectives, uh, we can truly in, be encouraged to know that um, God has given us His perspective mm -hmm. and therefore we're able to understand it and um, contend with it in accordance with His will. And, you know, when we're talking about regional affairs, when we're talking about geopolitics or even regional um, challenges that are going to play out, to understand Ezekiel 38 and Ezekiel 39. You need to read the whole book of Ezekiel. You need to read the whole Bible, basically, to really understand the context uh, mm -hmm. on end uh, and thoroughly. And I think that one of the challenges is, and that is something that I've um, experienced myself also in, in different congregations, They'll make a study about a specific topic, but it's always a topic of preference of a specific pastor. And not enough is being done to go through the entire Word of God from A to Z and to really provide a true perspective and then context 
for everything that is being dealt with in accordance with the entire picture. Yeah. And the same happens in, in strategic thinking, in, in understanding of geopolitics. Because many times, for instance, uh, a couple of weeks ago and last week, we saw the attacks on the United Arab Emirates. Uh, be it the, the initial uh, drones uh, or UAS systems, the unmanned aerial systems that were laden with explosives, targeted civilian uh, infrastructure, commercial infrastructure, uh, gas depots or, or mm-hmm. specifically uh, the trucks. And then three innocent civilians, two of whom are from India, were killed in this situation, in a war that you say, okay, it's a proxy war between Iran and and the United Arab Emirates. Probably, maybe the United Arab Emirates is bombing right now in uh, in Maghreb or in, in uh, Hodeidah or in Sana'a. So this is the retaliation thereof. No, it is a lot more than that. You know, so for most people, there is no context because to understand the in-depth uh, activities from the administrative uh, decision-making that is being made on the ground uh, until the, the different countries involved and the, the various capitals making their own plans and their own decisions, we need to understand the whole picture, the whole book of Ezekiel. To understand 38 and 30, uh, 39. No, yeah, and also now I know that uh, some Bibles these days have also maps, and you can see times, and then you can go read, I don't know, the book of Ezekiel and see the map of the region yeah. during the time that Ezekiel wrote that book. And then you can get a context of who are these people that, I don't know, that Jonah is going to preach in Nineveh. Who is in control? Are they part of Israel? Are they... Gentiles are they what what nation are they part of the ruling nation of the region? Mm. So that really gives you a context of the the weight of God's demand on Jonah to go to these people that have nothing to do with God in the history and tell them that they should repent and come back to God. So that gives you an understanding of the heaviness of that demand and why he ran away. And to think that today Nineveh is actually a Christian region. Yeah. <laughs> so because of that, because they repented you know, back in that. So place. they they have now uh, the the most precious uh, fruit of of that repentance mm-hmm. uh, back then. Of course, uh, many shifts occurred over the yes. years, demographics yes. and um, the Islamic State, uh, the, the radical Muslim organization uh, that tried to eradicate Christians and any other minority in the region uh, and to uh, project dominance, regional dominance, which would then mm-hmm. have to expand to global dominance. The same ideology as Al-Qaeda, just from the other way around. Okay, and, and by the way, Yemen today mm-hmm. uh, is the biggest hub for Al-Qaeda in the entire region. Oh. So there are pockets, yes, there is the... Uh, internationally recognized government of uh, Abd Rabo Mansour Hadi, which is backed by Saudi Arabia, the UAE, the GCC, or the Gulf Cooperation Council. But ultimately, this uh, government was uh, recognized by the international community, by the United Nations for that matter. 
Yeah. And yet they don't really receive that same backing that others do. Okay, so there are a lot of question marks there. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the other end, you have the Houthis, uh, Ansar Allah. Last time we explained the tribal mm -hmm. games. Here also there are tribal games being played on both sides, not only on one side. And then you have other tribes who pledged allegiance at the time, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, 2015, they pledged allegiance to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. So there are also the Wilayat, uh, the, the district of Yemen, mm -hmm. okay? And then you have others who are Al-Qaeda because they pledged allegiance initially to Bin Laden, but later also to Adawahiri, the leader of Al-Qaeda today, who happens to be Egyptian. So you have all those different tribes, all those different families pledging allegiance to different Mm -hmm. organizations to different entities. Uh, there is much uh, going on behind the scenes and uh, countries in the region who are not attacked, mm -hmm. here specifically, uh, are usually countries that pay them ransom. They pay uh, a sort of a jizza or a, a fund in order to ensure that those radical organizations or terror oriented organizations, which have also economic concerns needs, yes. and needs, uh, will not attack them. So they redirect their attention elsewhere. Mm -hmm. They say, okay, we're going to pay you a certain sum of money. We're going to give you medical supplies. Uh, we're not going to fund your weapons, but we're going to give you other things, and we're going to look the other way, mm -hmm. and you do your thing. Just direct your animosity somewhere else, not towards us. Mm -hmm. And this creates a lot of challenges throughout this region, but it happens everywhere and everybody does it whatever country claims it does not do it is lying okay yeah i'm sure that also the big powers do it all the time by providing i don't know assistance in aid in weapons in humanitarian aid to one side and not the other and then affecting the results of this small conflict or you know like I, we cannot um we cannot speak into things that we cannot prove uh, officially. Okay. Yeah, but this is, we know that America has, you know, arms, arms agreements and humanitarian support to almost many places around the world. Of course, of you know, course. It's, uh, no, no, public uh, knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm speaking about terror organizations yes, in yes. particular. Um, uh, we touch on, on public knowledge, mm -hmm. things that should be uh, discussed and we should raise the tough questions, if you will. But uh, in order to uh, avoid situations in which we may threaten uh, um, agents on the ground or, or people who are operating in certain areas of danger, uh, we avoid uh, communicating about uh, specific details that do not impact strategic Yes. Um, affairs, but rather are very specifically tactical. Mm -hmm. uh, if uh, a certain location is bombed, whether it was an aerial strike or uh, a group of commando elite units uh, operating on the ground and, and perpetrating whatever they had to do, uh, the tactical aspect, it's none of nobody's business uh, and may endanger those people on the ground, yes. uh, which happens all the time. Uh, commando units are always uh, in operational capacity behind enemy lines, which means that many of those bombs, alleged bombs that you hear about, uh, or bombings, 
in Syria and in Iraq and in Lebanon and elsewhere, in most cases, it's not an aerial strike. Okay, mm -hmm. weather conditions sometimes don't permit aerial strikes. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are a lot of things that occur, including, by the way, in uh, Yemen and elsewhere. But with that being said, we live in a new age of unmanned aerial systems that provide a lot of context. And let me return to Yemen and give uh, the answer with regard to Yemen in particular. So uh, if we can see the, the map right behind me, uh, we can see the big picture if uh, we do that. Uh, so we're speaking about the country to the south of Saudi Arabia, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, uh, the country of Yemen. Of course, Yemen is currently uh, on the western part, controlled by the Houthis. Then to the, uh, the a little bit eastward, you have uh, the Saudi-led coalition or the, the Saudi-backed government that is controlling that area. Then you have a strip of land, almost to to the border of Oman yes. that is actually controlled by Al-Qaeda and then uh, and other terror organizations uh, of jihadi um, nature. And then you have one more uh, pocket on the border of Oman, which is once again uh, the Saudi-led coalition that controls mm -hmm. that area. Now, what was the reason that the Houthis would suddenly attack the United Arab Emirates? Yeah, look, it's not so close. They don't even have a border. It's very far away from one of uh, the other. Mm -hmm. uh, however, the uh, Emiratis have been engaged as part of uh, this Saudi-led coalition against the uh, entrenchment and encroachment, uh, if you will, of the Iranian-backed um, Houthis in Yemen mm -hmm. because they fear as should everyone in the region, Iranian dominance in that uh, strategic strip of land, which would then allow the Iranians to control the Gulf of Aden and the entrance of uh, Bab el-Mandeb uh, into the Red Sea, mm -hmm. something that, of course, would threaten uh, the freedom of navigation. Yes. Basically, shipments from China from the east to the west. From China, from the east, from... Uh, India, the yeah, West, yeah. as you say, but ultimately it would threaten all countries that are not, and I emphasize, are not friendly with Iran, including mm -hmm. Israel, including Western nations. Chinese vessels will not be targeted, I can assure you that. Um, but any country that would not be favorable to Iran would be a free game for those Houthis. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of... Uh, challenges that have to do with this. Now, mm -hmm. if we really look at the picture, one of the issues was, and we spoke about it also last time, mm -hmm. uh, Shauba, yes. where Queen Sheba uh, originated from, of course. The, there's the, the um, city there, the old city. Uh, of course, she also controlled swathes of land going uh, westwards to Sudan and Ethiopia, but that was her seat of power. And then we go all the way uh, to Maghreb, where the the uh, this governorate is predominantly controlled by the Saudi-led uh, coalition mm -hmm. and the Yemeni government, which is still being secured by uh, the Saudis and its coalition. Now, uh, Shauba was lost mm -hmm. to the Houthis. The Iranians were able, with uh, IRGC advisors, with uh, Hezbollah operatives, 
They came, they taught the Houthis how to operate uh, unmanned aerial vehicles uh, with longer range capacity. They provided them with weapons and provided them with strategic understanding of, of tactical maneuvering, of strategic battlefields, uh, of how to create a battlefield uh, within the context of, of a, a wide-scale offensive, something that the Houthis were never really capable of. Did they give them weapons as well? They gave, they all the time give them weapons. Uh, every other week, uh, the U.S. Fifth Fleet of Nafsent, and we reported on this also at the uh, at TV7 Israel, Israel News. Yes. Uh, every other week, they capture another vessel uh, filled with weapons, with explosives, with materials for rockets. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly enough, they come from Iran. They are then inspected for being stateless vessels because they don't have any flag. And then, lo and behold, suddenly they're filled with weapons. I see. Surprisingly enough, there are always Yemeni crew members of a very specific area mm -hmm. that has a tribe that is very, very capable of maritime smuggling. Okay. Okay, so this is actually a, a specific tribe. There are a few tribes that do this. Specializes in this smuggling. Historically speaking, this was their trade. Okay. They always smuggled weapons. They always uh, dealt with shipping, but they didn't want to be within the constraints of the global order or the regional order. It's kind of like a m modern piracy type thing. Modern piracy, even though they, they were more... Um, um, Transporting, the transporting uh, illicit goods. Mm -hmm. Let's call it that. Yeah. So just uh, this is very interesting. So if you say Iran is behind everything that's going on with the Houthis and basically firing at the United Arab Emirates through their proxies, then we do not know that. Yeah. No, but through the part like the Houthis were firing to the United. So Arab it, Arab until right now, yes, nobody knows. Neither do uh, well. Maybe the United States has the capacity to find this out, so do the UAE. Mm -hmm. uh, the question is, do they want to unveil this or not? Because being able to use um, those unmanned aerial vehicles with such precision and firing those ballistic missiles with such precision yes. to the pinpointed targets from uh, 1,500 kilometers away, which mm -hmm. is where the Houthis fired from, this basically means that uh, they would be at a whole other level. Yeah, it's a technology basically of a bigger country. Intelligence bigger... personnel who I spoke with um, all suspect that it was actually fired from Iran. Ah, really? Yes, that it came from Iranian soil and it was not necessarily... In the other direction completely. Yes, that it didn't come from uh, Yemen and it was, mm -hmm. as in the past, when the Aramco facilities were fired upon at the beginning, if you remember the... A very large-scale attack that then raised oil prices all over the world uh, quite extensively. Um, it was later unveiled that all this attack came from Iranian soil. Even though that was confirmed by uh, authorities, including in the United States, uh, the Houthis still claimed responsibility for the attack, saying, no, no, we did this. Ah, so Why? That, to so avoid you, directing attention to Iran. Yeah, that was my question. I mean, if everybody knows or thinks that the capability and the reasoning came from Iran, then why nobody attacks Iran? 
no, why nobody retaliates? Or should we expect a retaliation? I don't know if in, in the near future, but Iran can expect uh, the proxy warfare to escalate in its direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe that proxies will start uh, utilizing their capa- uh, capabilities, which were bought and, and provided for by their patrons, doesn't mm-hmm. matter which country it is, and every country has a proxy, a proxy, at least one, um, including Israel, including the United States, including the Russians, including China, and, and so do every country in the region. When will it happen? I do not know. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, the United States does not have a strike group in uh, the area of the Persian Gulf. Uh, okay. The closest uh, strike group is actually situated in the Mediterranean Sea, which also explains why suddenly the uh, Chinese and Russians are doing maneuvers together in this area. And so are the Chinese, Russians, and Iranians before that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is always a reason for that. And there's going to be a large NATO exercise, which this strike group uh, of the Sixth Fleet Mm -hmm. is going to participate in in the Mediterranean Sea, Mm -hmm. uh, not far from... Uh, the the area of Israel. Okay. Um, so and Israel also going uh, to be part to, of it. Uh, unofficially, is going to observe and and partake in, in certain angles. So now you you talked about huge organizations that include many nations in the world. So if these organizations will get involved with attacking Iran or something, it will cause a, a domino effect. Are we expecting a world war? Well, you, you know, it's, it's a fascinating question, but ultimately, um, I, even though I do believe that we might face miscalculation, which would lead to a, mm-hmm. a confrontation that would potentially spiral into a global scale uh, conflict, I, I do recognize that within the current posture, following the American posture review, that now its allies are trying to um, deal with trying to accommodate that from mm-hmm. their own perspectives. Um, we are currently in a stage where each one uh, of those countries is starting to choose, okay, wh- who am I with? What side? What, al- uh, what alliance am I a part of? And this is something that is slowly taking form. This is what we're also seeing in Ukraine uh, mm-hmm. and Russia uh, on that front. That's what we're seeing in the China uh, region. Uh, and also in, in America, South America, and, and elsewhere. Um, but uh, I think we should speak to this more thoroughly in our next episode as we, we've come to the end of today's program. Uh, I appreciate you, here for um, you. also leading part of today's program. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well. God bless, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.